What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S, FantasyBB. Over on Twitter, we post all of our new podcasts, articles, different news and notes from our writers. Every bit of baseball content gets shared out at EthosFantasyBB, so make sure you're checking it out. Go to SportsEthos.com if you haven't checked us out over there. That is the website where we post all of our content, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, We got gambling, we got DFS, we got team coverage. So that is really the place to be checking out if you're not somebody who uses Twitter. Even if you are, I really recommend going around the website and just checking out all the great stuff that we have to offer over there. Today, we are going to be doing something kind of fun. I really like doing this. I've done it a couple times throughout the season, uh, but I haven't really talked about it that much on the podcast. We did a couple positions about a month ago, and then we got sidetracked. It was a lot of news, so we didn't really finish those positional ranking episodes like those updated rankings. We did them all in the preseason. But we're going to be bringing you over the next couple of days, uh, over this week anyway, because tomorrow we might do something a little different and fun as well. Uh, But today we're going to be talking about some updated starting pitcher rankings. We're going to be going through a couple of tiers because I do have them ranked by number, and then I've also tiered out the top nine tiers that I have. I did a top 60, technically 61 pitchers because there was somebody that I'd left out that I had to go back Uh, and add in. But we're going to be talking today about the first couple of tiers. We'll see how far we get into it. Uh, But this will be a couple of shows worth because it is a lot of names. So I'm going to talk generally in terms of tiers, not just in terms of ranking, because I think sometimes that can be just as useful uh, to tell you guys, especially if you're in like trading leagues, who you should generally value in the same. Because, you know, sometimes like number 14, number 15, number 16, sometimes there's really not that much of a difference there. But seeing somebody might be, you know, 15 in one tier versus number 17 in a different tier, I feel like that could be useful for you guys. So we're going to be talking about uh, some of that as well today. Uh, Generally talking in tiers, but we're also going to go into some individual names. So let's start off with number one. Uh, I flip-flopped these a couple of times, but it is Spencer Strider at one, and it's Kevin Gosman at number two. And then I might as well just give you number three as well. It's Garrett Cole. And that makes up the number one tier for me. Strider and Gosman... I think are very clearly number one and number two, uh, the way that they are able to strike out so many batters, the way that their expected numbers are, you know, even better a lot of the time than their actual numbers. You know, you're looking at low three ERA from Gosman and from Strider. It's about the mid threes, 344. But if you look at those FIPS, those X FIPS, those strikeout to walk numbers, everything I like to look at does point to the fact that these guys are number one and number two. Strikeout minus walk rate is a really important number for me. Strider, far and away, number one, uh, nearly 31% strikeout minus walk. And then Gosman at number two, uh, 26.4. Now, Garrett Cole has actually not quite been the same Garrett Cole that we're always used to this year. He's still been very good. Uh, Just in terms of the strikeouts, they're a little bit down, 25.8% K rate, but he's still giving you a 285 ERA. The expected numbers are somewhere in the mid threes. Garrett Cole is still an absolutely exceptional arm Uh, and there's no reason for me to take him out of that top tier, even though it hasn't been maybe quite as sharp as usual. Garrett Cole, we're still talking about a 285 ERA uh, with really good solid numbers across the board. Those three guys, for me, are pretty solidly in that first tier. Now, Shane McClanahan probably would have still remained in that first tier, but there's a couple of things with him that I don't love. I mean, first of all, he's hurt right now, and I don't think it's going to be too serious but you never feel that great about an injury with a pitcher. Even if it's not an arm thing, he's dealing with a back right now. Backs can be very tricky. Backs can sometimes linger. 
you're never really sure if they're going to fully recover or what's the, what's the situation, if it's going to, you know, pop back up and yada, yada, yada. There's also the fact that Strider, actually, if you look at his advanced metrics this season, they're not so great. If you look at XFIP, he's ranked 29th in the league in XFIP. If you're talking about Sierra, I don't think he's quite as far down the leaderboard because Sierra, I mean, there's not a lot of guys who have a very good Sierra. But he is outside of the top 30, actually. Uh, I thought he was going to be a little bit higher than that, but we're talking about a Sierra that is over four. He's 36th right now with a 4-1-1 Sierra. You factor that in to go along with the injury and potentially, you know, it might be something that nags him down the stretch. And I do have Spencer, or excuse me, I do have Shane McClanahan down at number five, but he was originally going to be somebody that would have remained in that first tier. The injury just kind of worries me more so than the, than the advanced metrics, which are definitely something to take a look at. But McClanahan's still giving you good strikeout numbers. The walk numbers are a little bit too high. Um, but overall, I think it's just the back for me that takes him out of that first tier. I have him at number five. I have Framer Valdez at number four uh, going out of order a little bit there. I just wanted to explain why McClanahan is no longer in that top tier. Framer Valdez, he's looking at a sub-three XFIP, which is very rare this season. 331 Sierra, 251 ERA. His control is excellent, 5.9% walk rate, 26% strikeout rate, which is really good for him as well. Framer Valdez is one of those guys where if you're doing like a you know rest-of-season draft or if you're doing what I'm going to be doing tomorrow, uh, which one of those gladiator drafts on the NFBC where you just draft 23 players, they're in your starting lineup, there's no making decisions, uh, roster moves day in and day out, it's just who you draft. In any of those kind of formats, I feel like Valdez is going to be one of the best values because people don't really put him in that same upper echelon of pitchers like they probably should. He is that good. Uh, I think Framer Valdez is a top five pitcher at worst right now. For fantasy purposes, for real life, uh, he just gets better and better. You know, the strikeout number has gotten better. The walk rate has gone down, uh, you know, year after year. Strikeout rate getting better, walk rate going down. The expected numbers are really, really good across the board. Like, there's no reason not to put Framber Valdez into an elite tier. And, yes, having him in tier two, he's not quite in that first tier for me, but he is not far off. Valdez, McClanahan are four and five for me pretty solidly. Number six, I have Luis Castillo. Number seven, I have Shohei Otani. Now, these ones, you could make the case to flip-flop them. Uh, Otani, maybe you could put at six, Castillo at seven. Uh, this is kind of the same way that it looked when I did them a month ago, and I didn't feel any real need to do anything drastic in terms of moving those guys around too much. It hasn't been as great for Castillo as it was to start the year off, but we're still looking at a sub-3 ERA. Uh, ERA indicators in the 3-7 kind of range. He's striking out 27% of batters, only walking about 6%. He's still absolutely elite, even though it might not be quite as good as what we were seeing from him at the beginning of the year. I still think Luis Castillo is still in that upper echelon in terms of pitchers. Now, Shohei Otani is as well. His advanced metrics are not quite as good as we might have hoped for. Before we even get to the advanced metrics, the walk rate is over 10%, which is not good. Uh, we saw it go down from 2021 to 22, from 83 to 6.7%, back up over 10%. Now, he's still striking out 32% of batters, which is excellent. But you look at the advanced metrics, like I mentioned a second ago, 332 ERA, he has a FIP at 402. His XFIP is 351. The XERA is 381. That FIP kind of concerns me a little bit. 402, it's a little bit high to go along with the walk rate. There's also a couple other factors that keep me from moving Otani farther up the list. He might get traded. You never know how another team is going to use his arm, if they're going to use him more as a batter, if they're going to maybe skip days in the rotation. <clears throat> You're never really sure what's going to happen. 
you're also not really sure what's going to happen because Otani does carry more injury risk than the average player. He has a potential to get hurt while he's you know batting, has a potential to get hurt while he's pitching. So I, I am factoring in that kind of thing with these rankings as well. This is not just who are the best pitchers in the league, ranked 1 to 10 or whatever. This is factoring in everything that I think. That's why Clayton Kershaw is farther down the list than he probably should be just because I'm worried about his workload in the second half. Probably not going to get to Kershaw today, but it's just an example of, you know, I'm going off more than just the actual talent here. You have to look at a lot of different factors. The Angels are not going to be getting any better. I think there's a chance, whether they trade Otani or whether they start trading everybody else around him, that they're just going to get worse and worse throughout the season. So, you know, we've seen him win 7 out of 17 starts, which was a good percentage, almost half of his starts. But I just don't know down the stretch if you can say you're going to still get like a 50% chance of a win uh, from Shohei Otani on this team or whatever team he ends up playing for. So that's why I haven't moved him up any higher. I still think he is excellent. That strikeout rate is amazing. That can almost pay for itself, a 33% strikeout rate. The ERA and everything else is still good. I just worry a little bit about those advanced numbers. But at the same time, we know how good he is. A lot. I think a lot of my concern, honestly, is just about is he going, is he going to stay healthy and how another team will use him should he get traded. And I think there's a decent chance he does. We know, you never really know, honestly, uh, with the Angels. I'm not really sure what they're going to do. But I think there's a decent chance we see him get traded, and that adds a whole other variable to the equation. It took a long time for them to figure out how to use Otani, whether you're skipping days or whether you're pitching him at all or whether you're you know giving him days off in the field or whatever. They've kind of figured it out now. I just kind of worry a little bit how the Mets, Dodgers, Braves, whoever would deal with that situation if it did, you know, if Otani did come to them. Uh, let's move on, though. Let's move on to the next tier, which is Tier 3. I'll read off these names real quick. I got Zach Gallen at 8, Logan Webb at 9, Zach Wheeler at 10, Corbin Burns at 11, Pablo Lopez at 12, and Blake Snell at number 13. So let's start with Zach Gallen. Zach Gallen is everything we could have hoped for uh, when we were coming into the season. He was that guy who was probably a little bit undervalued uh, in terms of where you were taking him in drafts because people weren't really sure if last year was going to be legit or not. He's actually better than he was last year. You can make the argument, uh, you know, he's got that 304 ERA. He's got the pitching indicators, which range from a 277 FIP to a 362 XERA. All really good. That walk rate has been cut from last year from 6.6, which is already an amazing walk rate, down to 4.9%. He's always been good. You know, 2021 was the only year where he wasn't really that great. He had a 430 ERA. And even then, you know, it's, it's not that bad. The indicators were high threes, low fours that year. But overall, Zach Allen has pitched to a 308 ERA now through exactly 100 career major league starts. A 340 FIP, a 363 XFIP. He is a legitimate top 10 pitcher in the league. Nothing he's do- doing is unsustainable. 293 BABIP, 71% left on base percentage, right in line with league average. What he's doing is perfectly sustainable. And I think a lot of the guys in this tier have that in common, that they're kind of what they're doing is either A, pretty sustainable, or B, the results have not matched up with what they probably should be uh, based on the advanced metrics. You know, Pablo Lopez, number 12, and Blake Snell uh, at 13, and even Zach Wheeler, number 10, all kind of fit into that kind of mold. I think what Blake Snell is doing is pretty sustainable. You know, we know from experience that second half Blake Snell is an absolute monster. We know that Blake Snell, <laughs> if something happens to him around the midpoint of the season, it happened a little bit earlier this year than it usually does, but he's pitching as well as he did back when he was a Cy Young winner back in, I believe, 2018, 17, uh, 18, 17. Yeah, I think it was 2018 he won the Cy Young. And we're seeing him back on that kind of form here with the strikeouts, you know, 32%. His walks are pretty high, but they've always kind of been pretty high. 12% is still higher than you'd like it to be. 
But when everything else is going as well as it has for Blake Snell, there's no reason to really doubt what you're seeing here. The advanced metrics are giving you 337 XFIP, 361 FIP. They're right pretty much in line with what he's doing, which is about a, it's a 285 ERA. But when you're within you know half a run to three quarters of a run, you, you're not really much concerned to have there, uh, especially when we know the track record of Blake Snell as somebody who is ridiculously good at getting strikeouts, somebody who improves as the season goes on. So he's number 13 for me. I know I'm kind of bouncing around here just talking about this tier. I do want to touch on Zach Wheeler, though, at number 10, because I do think that he is one of the more undervalued players right now in baseball because the results haven't really been there for him. But like you can see in my ranking, I still have him as a top 10 pitcher for fantasy. Real life, you're probably not far off either. Somebody who has a 27% strikeout rate and a 5% walk rate, that's pretty much in line with what he always does, you know, for these last several years anyway, uh, since he's been in Philadelphia and that strikeout rate really ballooned in 2021. This is what he's been, you know, 28, 27, 29% strikeout rate to go along with about a 5% walk rate. That's what he does. You know, you look at that 405 ERA and you think, okay, that's not what I paid for when I use a top three or four round pick on uh, on Zach Wheeler. But 337 XERA, a 283 FIP, 347 XFIP. He has some of the best metrics in the league in terms of the you know, pitching indicators. To go along with the strikeouts and the control, to go along with the fact that he's on a team that I just expect to get better. You know, those teams from the first half that didn't do well, the Phillies, the Mets, there's, you know, the, uh, the Dodgers could get better. They weren't as exceptional as they could be. Uh, you know, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox. The Mariners, even the Astros. I'm missing a couple of teams here because there's been so uh, St. Louis. All those teams, you know, that might not happen for all of them, but I expect them to generally kind of correct themselves over the course of the whole season. With Zach Wheeler, I see him getting better results down the stretch, and that being a big reason why we see, you know, better results from the Phillies. Not to say that it's just going to be Zach Wheeler. We might see better performances. Well, we have already seen better performances from Trey Turner. I think Bryce Harper's also due for a better second half. So I think everything's going to start to come together a little bit more for the Phillies. And you'll start to see Wheeler giving you something more in line with those FIPS and XFIPS and those strikeout-to-walk rates as opposed to what you're seeing on the surface, which is a 405 ERA, 1.2 whip. Neither are terribly impressive numbers, 1.19 whip to be precise. Uh, But, you know, there's a lot of things that have worked against him. I didn't even get to the left-on-base percentage being a little bit low at 67%. The BABIP he's allowing is about 330 Historically, he's a 300 BABIP kind of guy, so he has been unlucky in a lot of different ways. He's pitching for a team that I still think is a good team. They're still seven games above 500, even though they have been rather disappointing, and the Phillies at this point are a half a game out of the playoff spot. So even though they've been disappointing, they're still very good. I just think they're going to get better. So Zach Wheeler, uh, I have at number 10 there. Corbin Burns, I do want to talk about as well, because Corbin Burns, despite the fact that he has been disappointing this year, he's still been you know, very good. He's been disappointed because you had to use a first round draft pick on him. He was in a lot of cases, the first starting pitcher going off the board in drafts and the strikeout rate has gone down overall. uh, The walk rate has gone up. He just hasn't been that impressive. But if you look at what he does, I don't see a reason to, to put him any lower than this range. You can maybe argue like top 15 at worst, but you're still talking about somebody who's got that sub four ERA, which is pretty rare this season. Offense is a little bit up. You know, we've seen stolen bases go up and everything kind of follow suit there. And he's still giving you a sub four ERA. His XERA is 365. Now, if you look at the FIP and the XFIP, 417 and 428, he's pretty much pitching to right in line with what he should be doing. Now, those strikeout and walk rates being what they are are not great. 
Over the last couple of starts, we've seen six and seven strikeouts. The two before that was three and three. The two before that was eight and nine. So he still does fluctuate, but as a whole, you're still getting decent strikeout numbers from him. It's not awful. 102 strikeouts in 107 innings. It's definitely not the Corbin Burns that we know and love, the 30% strikeout rate Corbin Burns. But over the course of the whole season, again, I just feel like these numbers will stabilize more. 245 BABIP, he's allowing, you'd figure he'd have better results. <clears throat> it's hard to hard to explain that one. You'd figure, okay, it's the lowest BABIP he's allowed in his career outside of his rookie season, which he wasn't starting. He was coming out of the pen. You'd figure he'd be in line for some better results here. And I think that over time, the longer we get into the season, I think we're going to see a better version of Corbin Burns. Not to say that he is in that elite tier anymore. I, you know, I have him here in the third tier. But I think that he is still fairly close to being you know, old Corbin Burns. I, I think that the strikeouts are, are obviously killing him. The control, not good either. But it's still Corbin Burns. When you're looking at such a long track record, you know, and it's not like it's crazy, crazy long, but the last four years, he's been absolutely excellent going back to 2019, even though he wasn't you know, starting a lot in 2019. You know, the strikeouts, is that, that's when they really started to come alive. That's kind of when he, you know, he gave you some signs that he was going to be a lot better than what we saw. You know, he pitched to an 882 ERA in 49 innings, but he had a 337 XFIP. So there were signs even from that point on. And then these last few years, he's just been so, so good. You have to kind of wonder, was his mentality kind of affected by the Brewers in the preseason? There was the whole controversy with him there, if you guys remember. Uh, they just they're you know, going to, uh, with arbitration and fighting over you know pennies essentially for them. Maybe it affected his mentality. I just feel like down the stretch you're going to see the better version of Corbin Burns. Part of this is not just looking at the stats. Part of it is also your feel. If you were just looking at stats, everybody would have the same rankings. Uh, but I do have a good feeling that Corbin Burns is going to return more to form in the second half. So just to recap, tier two again, or excuse me, tier three. Zach Gallen at number eight, Logan Webb at number nine, Zach Wheeler at 10, Corbin Burns at 11, Pablo Lopez at 12, and Blake Snell at 13. I guess I should touch on Pablo Lopez because that'll probably be a lot higher than a lot of people have him in their rankings. And I understand being kind of wary about him. He hasn't been that impressive. If you just look at the actual numbers, it's kind of fluctuated. His performance has been so-so, I think, to say the least. Uh, you know, 389 ERA is okay. It's nothing that you're writing home about necessarily. Uh, so some people might be kind of confused as to why I have him ranked here so high up in the same range as Corbin Burns ahead of Blake Snell. I haven't had a lot of really great pitchers. And there's a few things we're going to dig into here real quick. So the strikeout rate is at a career best 30.5%. He's only walking 6.6% of batters. Both of those are excellent, but the strikeout rate in particular is really huge. Having a 30 plus percent strikeout rate is very rare. There are five qualified pitchers in Major League Baseball who have a 30-plus percent strikeout rate. Spencer Strider, Kevin Gosman, Shohei Otani, Blake Snell, and Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez is doing that with a great walk rate, which is not something you're really seeing from these guys. Strider with 8%, Otani almost 11%, Snell 12%. It's him and Kevin Gosman who are giving you great strikeout rates with these fairly minuscule walk rates as well. Pablo Lopez... You know, I think that the, he is still has another level to unlock to him. And you can kind of just look at the advanced metrics with him as well. They're all lower than his ERA. His ERA is the high number here. So his Sierra is 330. His XERA is 304. His FIP is 317. His XFIP is 344. He is literally outperforming all of them. Or excuse me, underperforming all of them. 
Uh, they're all showing that he should be getting better results than he has been getting. And it hasn't even been that bad at a 389 ERA this season. He's a borderline top 100 player, but you're still looking at room to grow, I think, with that strikeout rate, with the potential for some wins coming down the stretch as well. I'm not sure what the Twins are going to do, but they are, by default, probably the best team in that division. You could maybe argue Cleveland, but I think it's probably the Twins. I think you're going to see, and I'm not sure about the schedule, but you'll see you know, a decent amount of inter-division games down the stretch. You'll have games against the White Sox, the Tigers, the Royals. I see Pablo Lopez as being one of the biggest values right now. If you're doing those second-half drafts, if you're looking to buy low trades, I really think that he is somebody that you need to be taking a look at because I think that this is a really big hole in the market where you're not – people – and it depends on your league, too. I have to you know preface that by saying some people play in sharper leagues. Some people play in leagues that aren't as cool. Some people play in leagues where no one really pays attention. But I think if you're talking about the average league, Pablo Lopez could be somebody that comes out of the woodwork – and he kind of just dominates down the stretch. You know, he doesn't have the great team context, but the strikeouts are there. The pitching indicators are there. He looks good. He looks really good, and I have no problem putting him in this same group as these other kind of studs, Gallon and Burns and Lopez and Snell. I have no problem with it. <clears throat> I think that he is poised to have a big second half. Guys, I'm going to leave it there for today. And then we're going to pick up with, I think we're going to do three tiers per day. I think that makes sense. We'll split this up into three shows. I'm not sure about tomorrow. I might do the Gladiator draft I'm doing live, and then we'll see. I'm not sure if I'd do video or if I would. Just, I'm not really even sure yet. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to reevaluate to see what I'm going to do there. Uh, but we'll do three tiers a day. I'm going to recap the top 13 one more time for you guys. <clears throat> so Spencer Strider at number one, Kevin Gosman at two, Garrett Cole at number three, then a tier break. Framber Valdez at four, Shane McClanahan at five, Luis Castillo at six, Shohei Otani at seven. Another tier break, and then Zach Allen, Logan Webb, Zach Wheeler, Corbin Burns, Pablo Lopez, and then Blake Snell at number 13. We'll pick up tomorrow. If you guys want to see the whole top 60 list, you can go to my Twitter, at JoeOrico99, J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99, and you get all of that there. We're going to keep talking about this over the next few days. And we're going to have baseball again very soon, so fear not, Friday night we will have more baseball. But we'll get through these rankings hopefully before we have more baseball. If it carries over into Monday, it's not the end of the world. But guys, like I said, hit me up over on Twitter. Hit us up at sportsethos.com as well. Be checking us out over there to make sure you're not missing any of our content. And one thing I'll ask you before we get going today, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review if you could. It really helps us in our growth. More people see the show it helps you not have to go searching for links on you know, sportsethos.com or Twitter every day. You can just go and get the podcast as soon as they're released into your feed. So help us out there. Leave us a nice little review. Download the pod. Subscribe to the pod. Do all that great stuff. And we'll see you again tomorrow, guys. But until then, have a great night. Take care. And cheers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.